0: This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barak Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com, H-A-S-I-D-I-C-Story.com. You'll never know, you'll never know. Pressburg was the capital of Hungary for over 3 centuries. And in the 1800s there was a famous yeshiva founded there by the Khatam Sofer, one of the greatest rabbis in all of Europe. At the same time there was a wealthy merchant who had a large store in the center of Pressburg, and he was well respected by everyone. Gave a lot of tzedakah, was a kind person, and he had one custom that everyone admired. Every day he would count how much money his business brought in, and no matter what the profit was, he would always separate 10% and bring it daily to the yeshiva. Unfortunately, one day this man became ill and passed away at a fairly young age, leaving behind a widow and five young daughters. His wife had no choice but to take over the business, and it turned out that she was very good at business. She was always helping her husband, and even though she didn't think she had a head for business, she actually helped the business to succeed even more than when her husband was running it. And she continued the same custom of always bringing 10% of the income of the business to the yeshiva. Now, after her husband passed away, since she didn't have any sons, she went to the head of the yeshiva, Rabbi Avram Binyamin Schreiber, who was the son of the Khatam Sofer, the Ksav Sofer, and asked him to have somebody in the yeshiva say Kaddish for her husband every day. She asked that a second Kaddish be said as well, for anybody who didn't have anyone to say Kaddish for them, just in case. This went on, for approximately 10 years. Sometimes the 10% would be hundreds of kroner a day, and sometimes it would be less. But no matter what it was, she always fulfilled her side of the bargain, and would always bring 10% of the proceeds to the yeshiva every day. And everyone knows as a wheel of fortune, sometimes you're on the top, and sometimes you're on the bottom. And unfortunately for this woman, the wheel of fortune turned for her, and the daily profits eventually became daily losses. She tried to keep giving money to the yeshiva, but at some point she had to tell the Rosh Yeshiva that she had nothing left to give. Still, she asked that even though she couldn't afford to give any money to the yeshiva, they would continue to say Kaddish for her husband, and of course the Kaddishes for all the people who didn't have anyone to say Kaddish for them. Of course, the Rosh Yeshiva said that's not a problem, and she doesn't need to worry. Her situation got worse and worse until one day she had to start selling off some of her jewelry in order just to put food on the table for her daughters. No one except the Rosh Yeshiva knew that she was virtually bankrupt. One day, a Shad Khan, a matchmaker, came to her house, and he said, you know, maybe you didn't realize because of your involvement in the business that all of your daughters have grown up. It is time for them to get married. I'm sure that I can find outstanding yeshiva students that would be great for them. Real manches. You just tell me how much dowry you're willing to provide for each one, and I'll take care of the rest. She was careful not to tell anyone her situation, including the Shadchan. So she said... I'll think about it. And then he left, and she burst into tears. Afterwards, she went to the yeshiva, and she poured out her soul to the rosh yeshiva. She said, I just don't understand it. Not only did I lose my husband, but I continued giving tzedakah, and I've done this all from a place of true faith in Hashem. I don't understand why things are so hard, and now I have this offer for my daughters to be married, and I have no money, I can hardly put food on the table. And the rosh yeshiva just listened, and she said, I just want to make sure. The kaddishes are being said, right? Please promise me that the kaddishes are being said. The Rosh Hashiva nodded his head, and she found some comfort in that. As the two of them were sitting there in the yeshiva, the door opens, and a distinguished-looking elderly Jewish man comes in, turns to the widow, and says, My lady, why are you crying? He said that he had heard that she was in a difficult place, that she could marry off her daughters, and that her business wasn't successful anymore. And he was a very wealthy person. And he decided that he was going to come and help her. He asked that two of the scholars in the yeshiva come and join them in the Rosh Hashiva's office. And two of them were Rabbi Shimon Sofer, who was the son of the Ksav Sofer, eventually to be known as the Michtav Sofer, and Rabbi Yosef Chaim Sonnenfeld. When everyone was gathered together, the guest said, I know you have five daughters that are ready to be married, and I'm figuring each of them will need about a thousand kroner for the dowry and then another 1,000 kroner for expenses for the wedding, buying furniture and setting up a home. So that's 2,000 for each, and 5 times 2 is 10,000 altogether. Plus, you're going to need to get your business back on its feet, so you'll need another 10,000 kroner. That makes 20,000 kroner altogether. All right, he says, I'm ready to write the check. And he takes out his checkbook from his pocket, and he writes down the woman's name. He writes 20,000 kroner, and he signs it. But before he hands it to her, He asked the two scholars that were brought in to sign on the back as witnesses that he was here and wrote the check. And he also asked them to take out their personal notebooks, which they wrote their Torah notes in. And he would sign each of the notebooks so that it would be a sample of his signature in case anyone challenged it. Then he turned to the woman and he gave her the check. And he said, Tomorrow morning, the government bank opens at nine o'clock. They'll honor my check. You make sure you're there on time tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. And then he left. And everyone standing there in disbelief, they couldn't even believe that this was real. And then one of the young rabbis, he said, hang on, this guy might give us a donation for the yeshiva. So he ran out and tried to find the man, but he was gone. At nine o'clock the next morning, the widow was at the bank with the check. There was, of course, a guard at the door, and he points her to where the tellers are. She showed the check to the teller. He looked at the ledger, and he saw that there was enough money in the account to cover the check. But he said, for such a large amount of money, we always have to go to the bank manager. And he said, please wait here. I'll get the manager. He presented the check to the bank manager. And as soon as the bank manager looked at the check, he fainted on the spot. Nobody knew what was going on. People started running all over the place. The police were called. The guard asked this woman some questions and decided to lock her in a safe room just in case she was a thief. No one understood what was going on. A doctor was brought in and the bank manager was revived. And as soon as he woke up, he said, where's the woman that brought the check? So they said they were holding her in a safe room just in case she was a thief. He said, a thief? God forbid she's not a thief. Bring her out right now. He apologized to her. And he said, please, please, you have to tell me. How did you get this check? She said, you know, I took over my husband's business after he passed away. And I have these daughters that have to marry off. And I was telling the Rosh Hashiva. And all of a sudden, this man walks in. And he said, I want to help. And there were witnesses. Lots of witnesses there and signatures. And he asked if... He could write the check, and he wrote me the check and said, come here tomorrow morning at nine o'clock, and that the check would be honored. The bank manager said, if I showed you a picture of the person that wrote the check, would you recognize him? She said, yeah, of course. And also probably everyone else, the Rosh Hashiva and the rabbis that were there, that were witnesses, everyone would recognize him. So the bank manager was visibly excited, and he said, all right, bring everyone in. I want the two rabbis here, I want the Rosh Hashiva here, and I'll tell you, I'm going to honor this check because it came from my family's account. But my wife is a co-signer on that account, and she's going to have to sign it as well. He sent a message for his wife, and he told her, bring all of the family photographs from the house. Even though the bank manager was a Jew, his wife was not. And when she arrived, he asked the widow and the two rabbis and the Rosh Hashiva to all be in separate rooms. Then he explained to his wife what was going on. And the wife said, if this turns out to be who I think it is, and this is really true, then I will convert and have a fully kosher, orthodox conversion. The manager then went into the first room where the woman was, spread out all the photos on the desk, and he asked her to find the person who wrote the check. And in each room that he went to, everyone identified the same person. The bank manager called everyone in and he said, do you know who wrote this check? My father. My father, who was the bank manager before me, he wrote this check, but he died 10 years ago. And I'm gonna explain to you what's going on here. When my father died, he didn't want me to marry a non-Jewish woman. I told him I didn't care about my religion anymore. And I also never said Kaddish for him. I never said Kaddish for my father because I didn't believe in God and I didn't believe in any of the Jewish religion. But last night he came to me in a dream. And he said, there is a woman at the Pressburg Yeshiva who's been saying Kaddish for me for 10 years now. And not just me, for all the souls. Nobody said Kaddish for, and because of her, I was saved from Gehenom. I was saved from the fires of hell. This woman needs my help, and I'm going to write her a check for 20,000 kroner. When she comes into the bank tomorrow morning, you make sure to honor that check, or the next time I come to you in a dream, you won't wake up. I woke up from the dream, and I thought, maybe it's just a dream. But then you showed up with the check from my father, and I fainted. I passed out. I didn't believe that such a thing could happen. It was in the merit of you making sure the Kaddish was said from my father, that he was able to come back into this world and write this check for you. And then he turned to the rabbis and he said, I want to do tshuva. I fully regret my leaving Judaism. And now I know that God really exists. I promised from now on to keep the Torah and mitzvot. And my wife also made a promise that she would have a full kosher conversion and live a life of Torah and mitzvot. Then he turned to the two rabbis and he said, please, we're going to need a teacher. Maybe you two will help us. And so he told the teller to give this woman 40,000 kroner. He wanted to give the 20,000 from his father and 20,000 from himself. And of course, the first thing she did was take 4,000 kroner and donated to the yeshiva. Soon after her business started to prosper again, she married off her five daughters. And then she understood why everything had happened, her business had gone under, just so this man could help her and help his own son, daughter-in-law, and future grandchildren be reconnected to the Torah and Hashem. I recorded this story using a new microphone and preamp, which were sponsored by supporters of the Hasidic Story Project and my other podcast, Jewish People and Ideas. Thank you to all of my supporters, and thank you to all of the listeners as well. If you'd like to become a financial backer of this podcast and help me continue to upgrade the equipment, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C-Story.com.